Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Mark. Hello, faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast. And guess what? Today we're going to be talking about Jesus's crucifixion. So let's see what Mark 15 has to say. I'll be discussing verses 21 through 37 of Mark 15. Grab your Bible and your cup of coffee. I'll be reading out of the WEB version this morning. They compelled one passing by, coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to go with them, that he might bear his cross. They brought him to the place called Golgatha, which is being interpreted the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh drink, but he didn't take it. Crucifying him, they parted his garments among them, casting lots on them, what each should take. It was about the third hour, and they crucified him. The superscription of his accusation was written over him, the king of the Jews. With him they crucified two robbers, one on his right hand and one on his left. The scripture was fulfilled, which says, He was counted with the transgressors. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha! You who destroyed the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others, yet he can't save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross, that we may see and believe him. Those who were crucified with him also insulted him. When the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. One ran, and filling a sponge full of vinegar, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Let him be. Let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus cried out with a loud voice and gave up the spirit. Where we last left off, Jesus was actually just getting abused and beaten and scourged by the uh, Roman soldiers. And that was the the pre-step, I suppose, of crucifixion, which was the scourging, which would rip open the back, which is what I've talked about before. Uh, Parts of the back would be like the flesh would basically separate from the back and it would go deep like real deep into like tissue and stuff. And this was specifically so that crucifixion could be as painful for the individual as possible. Because as that person who's being crucified is like, you know, up against that pole, that like wooden pole, they'd have to slide up and down it and that would just continue to reopen the back wounds. So Jesus had just finished getting scourged and beaten by the Roman people. So now Jesus has to carry his cross. And this was something very typical 
It was a way to shame the individual who was getting executed. And, um, you know, he would have to like show the people that he was about to be executed by carrying part of his cross. Now, Jesus ends up collapsing because he was probably in a state of shock, possibly from blood loss. He had gotten beaten. He hadn't had any food or water. So he was becoming weak. And so after a little while of carrying this like 70 pound cross bar, he collapses under the weight of it. And so it says here that the Roman soldiers, they did not want to carry it, obviously, but they wanted Jesus still to have to go through this misery uh, and humiliation of walking through the crowd with his cross. And so it says that they compelled more like they, uh, (laughs) more like they forced this man named Simon, who was probably traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover and was probably a Jewish man. They forced this Simon to carry Jesus's cross for him, or at least help Jesus. So the Simon guy who is just trying to travel Uh, You know, he is from Cyrene, which was in Africa, traveling to Jerusalem, probably just wanted to go to his Passover and, you know, not have to worry about all this, is now forced by Rome to carry part of Jesus's cross. This guy was probably very scared to be involved in whatever was happening here, but he ends up helping Jesus carry his cross. And I was reading the Enduring Word commentary for this uh, particular chapter. And one thing they said that struck me was that this man's name was Simon. And who else do we know that was named Simon? Simon Peter. But Simon Peter was not there to help Jesus. So now this other Simon is here to help Jesus. Forced to help Jesus, but still helping Jesus. But one thing that's really interesting about this Simon guy is that it says that he was the father of two boys, Alexander and Rufus. Rufus is actually mentioned later on, and they believe this Rufus to be the same Rufus here, mentioned in Mark 15, as one of the leaders of the early church. They believe it to be the same person, and it's possible that he was because Mark would have known Rufus, and why would Mark mention Rufus here if it was not the same Rufus? So I I am inclined to believe that this Rufus mentioned here as the son of Simon is the same Rufus mentioned later on in, um, in one of the other books of the Bible as one of the starters and leaders of the early church. So I wonder if Simon's story here with helping Jesus carry this cross stuck with him, even though he initially didn't want to do it. How did this affect Simon of Cyrene? And I would love, I would love to know that someday. When I get to heaven, maybe I'll try to find Simon and see if, uh, (laughs) and see what he has to say about this. If this was, if this affected him greatly having to carry Jesus's cross. But anyway, it says that they end up carrying the cross to the place of the skull. One thing I want to mention is in the Old Testament right now, the podcast is going through the book of Leviticus, and we just learned about the sin offering. We learned that 
when the sin offering is sacrificed in the Old Testament, the priest would have to take the ashes outside of the city. And that is where Jesus right now is going. He is going outside of the city as the sin sacrifice. There's so much symbolism between the sin sacrifice of the Old Testament and the sin sacrifice that Jesus is and was for us. So Jesus is now going outside of the city to this place called Galgatha, which is the place of the skull. And it says that they tried to offer him wine mixed with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. So this would have been like a uh, like a very strong mixture that um, would dull the senses. And I mean, there's so many reasons why Jesus probably didn't take this mixture was that he wanted to be in a clear mind, you know, for what he was doing, because this was very, very important for humanity. And secondly, it also says that Jesus, he, he himself said that he was not going to drink wine until everybody feasts with him um, at the end of time, basically. So yeah, I mean, Jesus did not take this wine with the myrrh mixed into it. So it says that they, they started crucifying him and they parted his garments, casting lots. <laughs> so these uh, Roman soldiers are just taking Jesus's stuff and uh, yeah, just deciding it's theirs now. So then it says it was the third hour. So this is where a lot of people get confused because there were two different kinds of measurement for time back in these days. There was the Roman measurement and then there was the, um, the Jewish measurement for time. So in John, John actually says that when Jesus was first announced to be crucified by Pilate, it was the sixth hour. That would have been 6 a.m. Roman time, or it would have been noon Jewish time. So people believe that John actually was using the Roman uh, timetable, I guess, and here in Mark, Mark was actually using the Jewish timetable. So it says that um, when Jesus was crucified, it was the third hour, and that would have been around 9 a.m. Jewish time, and that is when they crucified him. So it says that they, you know, they were just mocking him. They put this sign above Jesus's cross that said, King of the Jews, you know, just totally making fun of him and everything that Jesus stood for. And it said that they also crucified these two robbers, one on the left side and one on the right side of Jesus. And so it says here that scripture was fulfilled. This is what verse 28 says. Scripture was fulfilled saying he was counted with the transgressors. He was there in between these two men that were criminals. And so he was also considered to be a criminal by anybody walking past. So now it says that people who are walking past were just like making fun of him. Now, this place that Jesus was crucified would have been very public, would have been very open. It was outside of the city on a very well-traveled road that people could look and see Rome's authority over them with these crucifixions, but also see that this is what happens to criminals. So people are passing by Jesus, seeing him naked, crucified, and just making fun of him. And they're just like, oh, you know, you said that you were going to destroy the temple. Well, where, what are you going to do now about it? And it's just really, 
interesting. Like, where were Jesus's followers during all this? You know, Jesus had many people who hated him. That's very clear. But he also had a lot of people that followed him on earth. But because they were so scared of Rome, they just left Jesus. So there was no one there for Jesus. No one was there. He was up on that cross completely alone. You know, his mother was underneath him, which in all honesty, I'm sure was not making things any easier for Jesus. I'm sure Mary at the the feet of Jesus was probably just horrified by everything going on with Jesus. And, and it was probably just making Jesus's heart break to see his mom like that, which is why we see in the book of John that uh, Jesus actually says to John, because John was the only disciple that was there, that was there with Jesus. And he was with the women. And it says that Jesus says to John, take care of Mary, you know, as your mother now. So yeah, I mean, Jesus was seeing Mary and her heart was breaking and Jesus's heart was breaking because of Mary and what she was going through. And so yeah, so that happened as well. But, um, you know, there was really no one there for Jesus. Absolutely no one. And they were just making fun of him and just doing all sorts of terrible things. Now, it says here that when the sixth hour had come, so that would be around, I think, noon. Yeah, noon. It says that there was darkness all over, over the entire land until the ninth hour. And so... We saw the same account of this happen in Matthew. So if you want to learn more about this eclipse that happened, this miraculous eclipse, I should say, then go and listen to my episode back in Matthew. And I can actually link that in, um, yeah, I'll link that in the bio of this podcast episode so you can listen to that one and hear about this eclipse that happened and how there is some historical evidence that this eclipse did in fact happen. And so, um, It says that this eclipse happens and there's darkness. This miraculous thing happens that the stars in the sky could be seen according to uh, this Roman guy that uh, documented this stuff. But, you know, Jesus was in darkness. You know, the entire land was crying over what was happening to Jesus. And so it says at the ninth hour, Jesus was crying and he cries with a loud voice. And he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So he's calling out to his father, who he he has such an intimate relationship with. But now, you know, this is the pain that Jesus is going through. This was the part that Jesus did not want to have to deal with, was that separation from his father. And this is why Jesus was in the garden to the point of death, practically, with sorrow in his heart that he would have to uh, go through this because he'd be separated from God. And we know throughout scripture that separation from God is the worst punishment that we can have. That is why things are so messed up here on earth is because, you know, God was separated from us because of our sin. But separation from God is the worst punishment we can get. And I truly believe that that is part of what hell is. I believe hell has a lot to do with just complete separation from God. But, you know, um, Jesus had to go through this separation from his father while he was on the cross because he became the sin sacrifice. 
He became sin for us is what the Bible says. But it says here that the people who heard Jesus say this, heard the word Eloi, Eloi, and didn't understand what Jesus meant. They believed that he was calling out to Elijah and not to God. So these people, you know, understood scriptures, but did not understand scriptures. This just shows how, you know, corrupt these Pharisees had become because we know the Pharisees were standing around mocking, making fun of Jesus, but even they didn't understand that Jesus was calling out to God. You know, so they truly did not understand the scriptures. And I believe that Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani was a psalm. In fact, I'm almost certain it was, but I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Oh, it was Psalm 22, verse 1. And so these Pharisees can't even recognize that Jesus is quoting a psalm. So it says that um, the people are like, oh, well, he's calling Elijah. So this guy, we don't know who this is fills a sponge full of vinegar, puts it on a reed and holds it up to Jesus so that Jesus can drink it. And so he's like, well, let's see if Elijah comes down to save him or whatever. And so then after this, Jesus cries out with a loud voice and it says that he gave up his spirit. So in other words, he died. He chose to die at that moment because it was finished. And I believe that's what Jesus cried. It is finished. It was done. It was fulfilled. He didn't have to suffer anymore. And so now he died. And so people speculate, where did Jesus go after he died? Tons of people believe that Jesus went to hell. Other people believe Jesus went up to heaven. Now, personally, I don't believe Jesus went to hell because I believe that separation had already happened between uh, the Father and the Son. I don't believe Jesus needed to go to hell. And also... Jesus was light, so I I just don't see him going down to hell. And plus, we find out later on that one of the criminals, even though he originally started out mocking Jesus, became a Christian halfway through all of this stuff happening. And Jesus told that criminal that um, he was going to be with him in paradise that day. And so, to me, I don't think Jesus lies. So I do believe that Jesus did not actually go down to hell, in my personal opinion. But I know a lot of people would would actually disagree with me on that one. And a popular opinion is that Jesus went to hell. But, you know, the Bible doesn't specifically say either way. So that's just one that I believe is just personal opinion. <laughs> but, you know, friends and faithful listeners, this was Mark chapter 15. And we're going to talk more about what happens after Jesus dies in the next coming days. So join me on Tuesday for another episode out of Mark. And we'll be finishing up, I believe, Mark chapter 15 on that day and moving in to the last chapter of Mark. So definitely take a look at that. If you're interested in my other episodes that we covered about this topic in Matthew, there's a link to one of the Matthew episodes down in the bio of this podcast. So definitely check out those ones which go hand in hand with these ones. I talked a lot more about the how excruciating crucifixion really was. It's so important to understand what Jesus had to suffer for you and me. But friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your week. Happy listening and God bless.